0: This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. Uh, joining us, the mayor of Albany, Kathy Sheehan. It's really the second time uh, since we've been doing the program here, Sheehan, that there's been a, a major terrorist attack preceding our uh, our talking uh, on the radio. I, I'm just curious your re, your reaction to that.
1: Well, you know, certainly our hearts go out to the people of Brussels. It's really uh, tragic, and it uh, demonstrates that uh, this type of incident can happen anywhere and that we do need to be vigilant and that we need to be prepared. You know, they've been saying that the, you know, people were prepared, that they were expecting something to happen, um, but, uh, you know, unfortunately there was still massive loss of life and injuries, and, um You know, it it is, uh, again, a reminder that uh, we need to be paying attention, we need to be alert, uh, and we need to make sure that uh, we do all that we can in government to uh, enable our residents and our citizens to be prepared.
0: In fact there there was a gathering uh, about citizen preparedness on the state level you and other local officials state officials urging citizens to be prepared for emergencies what what steps can citizens take
1: well you know in this region the the most likely emergency that people are going to face would be weather related emergencies and we do think that it's important that people make sure that they're prepared Um, that their families are prepared, and that they understand the steps that they can take to be ready. Uh, We encourage people, for example, to have basically a a, a bag ready um, that includes um, items that they might need um, my My husband's pretty diligent about keeping ours up to date, but uh okay. he went to a citizen's preparedness a, a few years ago and you know make sure that in the winter time there are hats and gloves and um and other essential items um, and then you switch it out in the summer um, rain gear those types of things so that you have something if you do have to leave in an emergency if the water is rising there's going to be a flood um, that you have the essentials that you need. Um, really right at hand so that you can you can go but you know that and other advice is available the New York State Mm -hmm. Department of Homeland Security um, has a website uh, around preparedness and so if people weren't able to attend the training um, I think it's important that you know they use the resources that are available to them Um, and again that's at the Department of Homeland Security's website.
0: Okay let's go to our constituent questions question number one comes from Chris uh, has to do with uh, the changes that are proposed for Madison Avenue. Gotta ask, he writes, why is a city that's about to go considering a million-dollar bike lane project that will bottleneck an important auto street to accommodate a couple hundred cyclists for three or four months of the year? How many cyclists have you seen on the city streets, excluding drug runners? With so few people using the sidewalks walking, why won't you allow cyclists to use the sidewalks? which they already do, and save us a lot of money. They won't have to worry about speeding cars or doors opening.
1: Well, uh, first I'd like to say that, um, you know, this question doesn't really, I think, reflect what is happening in the city of Albany. We have cyclists all over the city that use our roads. We have people that commute to um, work on bicycles. And in fact, uh, we are the number one city for cities of our size in the percentage of people who walk to work. And so we have to make sure that our roads are safe for all users. It's not just about bicyclists. It's not just about cars. It includes emergency vehicles, pedestrians, senior citizens, the disabled. And we have legislation that actually requires us to consider all users when we go about um, repairing roads or making investments in our infrastructure. So what's planned for Madison Avenue is a traffic-calming um, project that is meant to provide for a smoother commute um, and to calm the traffic so that it 's safer for everyone we We looked at um, this project it 's really started several years ago when uh, the data was pulled around accidents and crashes on that on Madison Avenue between two thousand and eight and two thousand and eleven. There were four hundred and eighty one crashes on Madison mm-hmm. avenue, and over half of this Um, were of the type that are very easily correctable by traffic calming that is going to take place on Madison Avenue. So it takes into consideration all users. This is a city, like I said, that has a high number of people who bike and who walk, and we want to make sure that we encourage it. And the other thing is that uh, the state is funding most of this project. The city is on the hook for about 10 percent. Uh, to 15% of the cost because this is, again, about safety on what is a a state thoroughfare um, and uh, that is a residential road here in the city of Albany.
0: Mm -hmm. Also, on the subject of bicycling, uh, there was a business story in the Times Union this week about a man I'm sure you know him, uh, Bob Fulham, uh, his down-tube bicycle works, Mad it's on Madison Avenue. It was uh, burned out in a, in a fire last year, but he's reopened. They're going to have a grand uh, reopening. It's even going to have a cafe or cafe is going to have next door to be operated by his daughter. And Fulham, here's his quote, he believes a bicycle-friendly city is the sure way to attract young, talented people downtown.
1: Well, he's absolutely right. <laughs> if you look around at what is working in uh, dynamic cities that are growing and that are attracting new businesses, you see investments in infrastructure like bike lanes and the, um, the, the types of uh, walkable wonderful commercial neighborhoods that we have here in the city. So uh, I think it's a great time. You know, he's on Madison Avenue, which is going Mm -hmm. to be part of this traffic calming project, and that is going to see the introduction of bike lanes from, uh, you know, all the way from uh, the Lark Street all the way up to Allen Street. Um, It's going to be a three-phase project. And, again, it's um, part of a traffic calming And a recognition that if we want to have our city grow, if we want to attract more people, we have to make sure that we're investing in the infrastructure and in the types of amenities that young people are looking for today.
0: The other uh, constituent question we have comes from Ron. He says, I understand Mohawk Ambulance does not have EMTs on staff, so the city provides the necessary personnel to provide the correct level of care for residents and visitors via the fire department. Isn't there a more efficient means to provide emergency services besides sending two massive fire trucks for every Mohawk ambulance? The fire trucks have the same efficiency as pouring gas out the windows, and they're very expensive to maintain.
1: Well, we first of all um, Mohawk Ambulance does have EMTs, so they, they do have EMTs. But under the um, under the city code, the city fire department provides all advanced life support services, which is paramedic care here in the city of Albany. Um, our our fire department can get there faster. Typically, the response times is you know between three and five minutes on average. Um, Mohawk Ambulance uh, only has two stations in the city so it's not there as rapidly Mo- you, most of the time our fire department is the first to arrive um, when there is an emergency and so we're really transitioning we have a fire department that fight fires and provides emergency services but if you start to look at call volume it really is a department that provides emergency services and health services mm-hmm. and also happens to fight fires the overwhelming majority of our call volume is around responses for emergency services and so we are looking at um, the way that we deliver those services and ways that we can deliver them more effectively and more efficiently we transitioned last year into this year um, to an electronic uh, patient record that allows us to do more efficient and effective billing and notification around the the life support services or the the life-saving services that we're providing Um, and so we are looking at how we can deliver uh, life-saving services as efficiently and effectively as possible
0: and if i could break format in a way i don't want to be too dramatic but i i really am a great supporter of mohawk ambulance they saved my life uh <laughs> this past summer i w- was having some some heart problems and it was a and i live in a suburb of schenectady uh and they have mohawk ambulance too and they were the ones that performed the life-saving mm-hmm. uh you know shocking of your of uh my heart uh you know and uh So I thought they did.
1: Well, we have a great partnership with Mohawk Ambulance, and it is a partnership that that works. But again, you know, we're always looking to continuously improve, and we have a a fire department that is trained and that really our residents look to as sort of that front line of health care in many of our neighborhoods.
0: Well, back to your fire department. One of our shout-outs today to Michael Burns, battalion chief, the Albany Fire Department. I believe he uh, became an EMT uh, and he's retired after 40 years as a firefighter.
1: That's right. Um, actually, all of our firefighters have to be EMTs. In order to get on to the fire department, you must be an EMT. So anybody out there who's interested in joining the fire department is great guys like uh, Mike Burns-Leave. Uh, we we always need uh, new people uh Go out there and and get your EMT because it's the first step towards becoming a firefighter in the city of Albany. But, um, you know, he served the department for a long time, and uh, he will be be very much missed.
0: Let's go to politics, maybe inside City Hall. A couple of stories about parking and the Parking Authority, which is separate from city government, but you appoint the members of the Parking Authority. The Common Council this week rejected your reappointment of three Parking Authority board members, uh, pe- the people on the council who voted against it concerned that the parking authority hired your former chief of staff, Matthew Peter, to head the parking authority. What are you going to do about this rejection?
1: Well, I, I just want to clarify that it was not a rejection. Actually, the majority of the votes were in favor of the reappointment But in order uh-huh. to get that to pass. So there were some members who didn't vote at all. Um, there were a couple of members that weren't there. And then I believe that there were three members who voted no. So, uh, you know, we haven't decided we'll take a look at that and um, move forward. The, the board, um, you know, has hired a new executive director who has tremendous background and experience, um, who understands the city, who understands the uh, PSOs and TSAs, who is instrumental in the transitioning of our uh, meter maids, so to speak, but the people who write the parking tickets to the parking authority um, and who also has a deep background in economic development. Um, And so after, um, you know, a period of time with no director and knowing that they really needed to get somebody on board to help to lead that department, um, I think they made a great pick.
0: Okay. Also on the subject of parking, uh, Times Union columnist Chris Churchill reported during the past week that 16 handicap spots in the downtown Hudson Green parking garage were were assigned several years ago to a law firm, O'Connell and Aronowitz. Um, what's the parking authority uh, doing to rectify that?
1: So I reached out to the parking authority to ask about that, and uh, they've told me that it's actually fewer than 16 spots, but they do know that there is an issue. When the garages were built, um, they uh, the ADA was not in effect. And they are doing a full evaluation of all of their garages to ensure that they're ADA compliant.
0: Tulip Festival is uh, coming along. It's May 7th and 8th. Uh, preparations underway?
1: That's right. Preparations are underway. The deadline for applications for Tulip Queen is April 1st. So if you uh, know of somebody who you think would uh, be a, a, um, a great member of the Tulip Court, um Please put their name forward. Um, the Tulip Court works throughout the year. Um, they work on literacy issues. They do outreach uh, on behalf of the city, and they get a scholarship. So okay. there is cash involved. So um, it is. Uh, you can find out more information at AlbanyEvents.org, um, and you know, really learn everything that you want to learn about the event that's coming up. We start and kick off at noon on Friday, May sixth, with the traditional. Dutch scrubbing, scrubbing of State of street, 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 and uh, and then it moves on from there. So there's a lot of great things going on, but that April 1st deadline is an important one to know.
0: Uh, back to uh, news coverage. Early this week, the Common Council, by an 8-5 to vote, rejected a proposal to repeal the city's $180 per unit trash fee on small apartment buildings. Council members who oppose the fee say it discriminates as the cost will be passed on to renters. No fee is levied on single-family homes. Uh, what's your reaction to that council vote?
1: Well, I'm appreciative that the council who had just voted on this uh, you know, late last year um, kept with the ordinance as it had passed. We need to be able to rely and know that we've got a revenue stream as we build our 2017 budget. Um, so it's very important that that be in place. This is just the first step, though, in a multi-phase process of what the city is going through in recognizing that the landfill will be closed in 2021 mm. and that we need to make sure, or 2022, we, we're we hoping for 2022 at this point, but uh, that we need to get our arms around how we are going to pay for waste disposal in the city, because right now we really Um, We don't incur a tipping fee. We don't pay ourselves for the garbage that we put in the landfill. When the landfill closes, our expense associated with trash removal is going to go up. And so in 2017, we're looking to implement a program and a fee around bulk waste that is disposed of. So when people put their couches out on the curb, those big items out on the curb, um, that there will be a fee associated with that. And then we're looking at a um, um, pay-as-you-throw program uh, that would, in all likelihood, be targeted for... There are a lot of things that need to be put in place before something like that happens. But we started with uh, a fee that is much lower than what it would cost to go to a private hauler. And again, I want to stress, if you own a five-unit apartment building, you are already paying somebody to come and haul away your garbage and you're paying a higher tax rate, and the rents are the same. And so for those who say that this cost is going to get passed on to um, the uh, tenants, it should not be getting passed on to the tenants. This is a tax-deductible expense that is associated with income-producing property. Um, So uh, the bills went out, and nobody's ever happy when they receive a Mm -hmm. bill. I don't expect people to be happy about it. But we have to recognize that we've got to create revenue streams for the city of Albany. And we also need to create some parity for commercial property owners in the city of Albany.
0: Back to uh, an item of community news. Albany has lost a great artist and activist, Mars Hill, a uh, real renaissance man, as you said in your Facebook post, an engineer, political activist and a poet, playwright and novelist. Quite a quite a man.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think that it is that type of incredible arc of life story that inspires young people. And so I hope that there is some way that we can um, really keep him alive in our hearts and in our minds by sparking that imagination in our young people about what is possible. Because to me, his life really demonstrated that anything is possible.
0: Mm. Let's go back uh, to uh, a city subject. It's uh, about infrastructure, big word, uh, but it it is very important. Uh, The city of Albany is getting uh, $450,000 in state aid for flood prevention around certain specific uh, streets, Elberon Place, Hanson Alley, Reichman Alley, uh, where there's been flooding apparently in the past. Work also to be done on untreated sewage. That currently flows into the Hudson River from a pipe called the Big Sea near the port of Albany. Uh, what will this work accomplish?
1: Well, the work will allow us to relieve some of the pressure that exists in our current storm sewer um, system by retaining water, that initial downpour for a period of time so that we can really better regulate the flow and not have the flooding and the backups that have been occurring. You know, the areas that are problematic are areas that were really built around where we had streams. There were literally um, multiple streams running through the city of Albany that became filled, that we put into pipes um, and so we have these problematic low-lying areas. And quite frankly, with climate change, we are seeing 100-year storms uh, you know, every four to five years. I mean, a 100-year storm really just simply refers to the volume of water um, and the volume of precipitation that occurs. And we're seeing those high precipitation storms, those rainstorms, torrential rain for, for short periods of time, mm-hmm. Uh, And that's really what causes the problem. So these two projects are going to allow that water to have someplace else to go to be retained so that we're not overtaxing our sewer system.
0: Capitalize Albany, the city's economic development organization, has uh, announced two new programs, one called Amplify Albany and the other, the Downtown Albany Retail Grant Program. What what, what, will, will these programs do?
1: Well, you know, these are really designed to help us to build on the momentum that we're seeing downtown. We're going to have 450 apartments downtown, new apartments by the end of this year. And those new are looking for amenities and the places that they can stop in and have their needs met, just like many of the other commercial corridors in our city. I think of Delaware Avenue and uh, Madison Avenue and Central Avenue. So this is really creating opportunities and incentives to establish more storefronts in that existing business district The businesses that have come there, that have opened there, are doing really well. And so there is momentum. And this program is really designed by our economic development arm to continue that momentum.
0: And uh, Sarah Reginelli of uh, Capitalize Albany said the number of apartments downtown expected to reach 450 by the end of the year.
1: Yep. So that's really what we're looking at. And our market study shows that we can actually um, expect – a market that is about four times that number. We have a market for between 1,800 and 2,000 units of market rate housing in our downtown. So this is a build out that has just started. It's going to continue. We expect it to last, you know, probably another eight to 10 years. And uh, it really provides exciting opportunities to bring additional amenities to our downtown.
0: Also, something that's happening in the area it doesn't just involve Albany, but I would say the focus is on Albany, the media, the Albany Institute of History and Art, and Albany Pro Musica, all focusing on the history of immigration uh, in our area it's a big story
1: yes, and so uh, the Albany Pro Musica chose the theme of a city of immigrants, and there it's not just it's culminating in a concert, but there are numerous events that are going to be occurring. Um, in conjunction with the City of Immigrants, so I encourage people to uh, go to the Albany Pro Musica website and see the list of all of the different events. If you're in City Hall, we have a wonderful brochure uh, that is in City Hall that you can pick up with a listing of the events. I'm looking forward to enjoying them. And one of the really great things is that you know Albany Pro Musica reached out to the city to ask for our input in this program, and we have included an involved Barbara Smith who is our special projects coordinator and who heads our equity agenda. And so this program has really been informed by all of the immigrants and including actually the first uh, people of, of this region who weren't immigrants at all, um, mm-hmm. but the Native Americans right. who were here, but also to understand that there were slaves who were brought here, um, as well as immigrants from countries across um, the world who came here to, you know, live uh, th- what they believed was and, and became for them the American dream.
0: I do note that in the news this past week, a son of Italian uh, immigrants, Dr. Anthony Tartaglia, 83 years old, uh, died. Uh, He was a prominent blood disease specialist, dean of Albany Medical College. He and his wife, Jean, raised four children and were great lovers of opera.
1: Yes, and they were incredibly, he was incredibly well-known in the city of Albany and beyond. And uh, again, another... um, one of those living legends, um, and who who really helped to make this community a better place.
0: And it's a city of neighborhoods, also. I know you recently spoke to the Eagle Hill Neighborhood Association. Where's that?
1: That the Eagle Hill is uh, um, really in the western part of the city. Um, again, another uh, commercial district. It's really across from uh, where the Harriman campus starts, all the way to U Albany, uh, and. Uh, The um, Eagle Hill Elementary School, I guess, is the most recognizable um, uh, use of the name along Western Avenue there. There were also some people from the Melrose neighborhood that were there and um, really had a chance to talk about all the things that are going on in the city that are really neighborhood focused.